This is a download from the Wireless Theatre Company. Never were there such devoted sisters. Devotion is not natural to the human, so said my career's advisor. Devotion? Dogs are devoted. You're not a dog, are you small? No, miss. Well, why do you want to devote your life to anything? Never mind the elderly. You are a free spirit who can roam from nether to tether. Five hundred lines, you little bastard. That was, I am sure, the beginning of all my problems. Mind you, it is common knowledge amongst those with knowledge that the human psyche is shaped within the first eight years of the subject's life. So, that in mind, I, Simon Small, would like to take a couple of moments to clear up why I am now praying like a mantis on my fiancé's little sister. Well, I say little, but the term really does not apply to her anymore. Blossoming would be more apt. Fuck, there I go again. I can't help it. I'm actually taken to dribbling in the mouth when I stare at her. It's gotten beyond a joke. Anyway, this upbringing of mine. Six months old. Father involved in crippling car accident. Great. Next, two years being taken by mother to hospital every day to visit him so that she could sit with him and listen to him cry and abuse her for having legs when he didn't. Stands to reason, really. But there I was. Absorbing, absorbing, absorbing. Like most infants, I shit myself a lot, but I am sure mine stung more than any other kids did. Nevertheless, I pissed the bed with fear every night up until the age of seven. Okay, ten. Meanwhile, I'm being transported between my family home and my dad's bungalow to accommodate the custody agreement that was set out by the courts. Like... Two hungry dogs fighting over a bone. My parents, regarders, carers, struggled to come to terms with the correct way to score victory over the other without causing too much damage. I, meanwhile, would tremble with fear at the prospect of going to visit my father at the weekends in case I made the mistake of being heard to breathe like a non-disabled person and get a beating for my ungrateful, able-bodied ignorance mood swings were pretty good. It didn't help that I was a disturbed little twat at the best of times, but I would frequently get my toys smashed up for the smallest mistakes of judgment, like not eating my dinner the right way around. This meant that I would then smash up my own toys because I was mimicking the behaviour set out by my elders. Then I would get beaten for smashing up my toys, get my toys smashed up for being so bad that I deserved a beating, and piss the bed that night. Next morning, I would get beaten for pissing the bed. Strictly speaking, the fact that right now my big deal is wanting to shag my fiancé's sister is pretty good. Think Fred West. Could be much worse, I suppose. So, why is all this important? I am faced with two choices. Well, at the moment, I'm actually faced with one of the two. Wanking. This is because I am alone and there is little else to do when you're alone and male. Eating, fishing, all of them ings. No, I am simply alone, waiting for another ing that I'm forced to do. I am waiting for Jenny to ring me. She's playing netball. Well, she's probably just finished, 
the final whistle. Do they have a final whistle in netball? Who knows? Has probably just been blown, which means that in about five minutes, Jenny will be showering with a team of her peers. Banish the thought, mister. I'm sat looking at glass from the inside of my car, my windscreen. Open the door, it's raining, Jenny says. So I do. Jenny pulls open the door and boisterously clambers into the passenger seat. For morons, that is the seat next to mine. The driver's seat. I am in the driving seat and sweating like a pig in a gym. Did you win? My voice held steady. I felt like vomiting from the cock. Yeah, thanks for picking me up. Her hair was wet. There was an annoying sludgy wet clump of its slime in its way across her cheek into her mouth. It should have made her look like the 17 years that she is. It should have made her look immature and undesirable. And it did for a moment. But then she moved it without registering the act. Desire flooded back. Why are you staring at my cheek? Is it dirty? I wasn't. I was looking past you, I replied. You know how Carly, fiancé, won't be back till late. Can we get a Chinese on the way home? I haven't had Chinese for ages. I think there's a good film on Channel 5 tonight so we can watch it and eat Chinese. Tremble, shake, first gear, mirror, signal, maneuver. In case you're having trouble understanding the dilemma I am in, I shall explain in the form of inner monologue. Oh shit, my girlfriend, no fiancé's little sister, is 17 and I'm going to hell for the thoughts that I am thinking right now. It's not that I'm really deprived of sex. Carly and I do it regularly enough. It's good. I am most satisfied. The male gene that causes us to be viciously uncaring about impregnating as many females as possible has obviously kicked in, and now I have to spend an evening with sweet, sweet Jenny, sat next to me on the sofa. A sofa that has a tendency to dip in the middle, meaning it is impossible to sit with another person without getting really close. There will be tension in the air. As obvious as the ozone humming in my nostrils and making my headache for the next half an hour before this storm kicks in. She will be curious and intrepid in her quest to experiment sexually, as her biological functions are now screaming at her to do. I will be fatherly and authoritative, with a dash of boyishness. She will feel protected. The slightest touch will be loaded with electricity until it's no longer a possibility. It is a foregone conclusion. I really quite fancy a beef curry. The words I speak all try and come out at the same time, like greyhounds from the traps. She is the rabbit. It has come to the point where I can safely say I am disturbed. Can we do a set meal so we can share a little bit of everything? Yeah, and we can uh, get a few cans of beer or something. Oh, yeah. Have you tried those new mango reef things? They get you really drunk because they taste like fruit juice, and you can't tell there's any alcohol in them. It sounds good, yeah. My treat. We have, until now, been driving in the pissing down rain, but as I pull up at the crosstown lights, the rain suddenly stops. It has a habit of doing that in Worcester. We get a lot of dry and humid electrical storms. This looked like it would be no exception. Through the sycamore trees, to my right, on the opposite side of Beach Street, is Yeomin Lin, the local Chinese restaurant. It sits on a small shopping promenade, lined with the usual suspects, spa, Chinese, offie, post office. I park right out front of the Chinese takeaway, 
and we go inside. Food ordered, I leave Jenny and the Chinese, and I nip next door to get the booze. My guilty conscience nagging without reprieve. I almost didn't realise that I was nearly begging on my hands and knees with the counter staff to go and look one last time for some mango reef in the storeroom. In the end, I had to settle for passion fruit. A bit much, I know, but I didn't want to give her orange. Please understand that my intention is not to get her drunk and take complete advantage of her. It's to make sure that she enjoys her stay with us. Her family home is in a state of virtual collapse at the moment due to a messy divorce procedure. And this has made dearest Jenny a little vulnerable, to say the least. So I intend to try and empathise with her, to understand her, to... Men are at the worst when a chance of a sly shag is on the cards. They begin to lie to themselves, boundary by boundary. I'll just walk her to the door, then I'll go. I'll just make sure she gets in the flat okay. She might fall up the stairs, you never know. Then I'll go. I'll just make sure she had a good time at the church, then I'll go. Despicable. Absolutely despicable. So here I am in the queue at Vicky Wines, clutching eight carling and a sixer of reef, lying to myself about what I'm thinking of doing when I get home. Thing is, a part of me kind of knows that nothing will go on. It's not like we haven't been alone together before. We spent many nights just in the same house watching telly, sometimes playing board games. There was the uh, unfortunate window cleaning incident, but the less said about that, the better. Channel 5 are bastards. Let me fill you in on the night's events thus far. Chinese food sharing was torturously kinky fun for no particular reason at all. We have between us supped around four of our cans stroke bottles each. And to my absolute horror, the movie that has been shown by the bastards at Channel 5 is Nightmare on Elm Street. To make matters even worse, the storm has kicked in good and proper now, so me and Jenny are at the moment doing our best impersonations of Scooby and Shaggy by hugging the shit out of each other in terror. Now, I never said I was a tough guy. A scary film is a scary film, and a storm is a storm, no matter how you slice it. Simon? Her voice is sweet and loaded with innocence. Yeah? Mine is not. I turn to face her. Our lips are about six inches from each other. It's about 13 centimetres. If I have a cigarette, will you promise not to tell Carly? You're old enough to decide for yourself whether or not you want to smoke. No, I won't tell her, though. I watched intently as she takes a packet of fags from her bag. Her supple fingers wrapped around my cock. Pull one from the packet. She then takes a lighter and sparks the cigarette. The initial burst of smoke comes from her mouth, and then, without warning, she begins to cough and splutter quite ridiculously. I start patting her on the back, and I take a cigarette from her. And maybe I pat her too hard, maybe not, but she hacks a stringy wad of phlegm onto my jeans, nevertheless. All of the building temptation of the evening has evaporated with a cloud of choked smoke. It's as if... I can no longer remember what it was like to actually want to touch her, or taste her. And the idea was always a vague one, not really a good one, or well-worked-out plan, just an instinct that I was powerless to prevent from taking me to a place where I was prepared to question my ability to be faithful to my fiancée, and in the act of being unfaithful to her, 
and would be trying to seduce her own young sister. The minds of men are indeed easily corrupted. Fortunately for me, the images of temptation and the taboo can just as easily be rendered childish with the simplest act. I feel like I have passed a level of manhood, like those tribal warriors that eat their own foreskin and shit in a hole for a week. Would it have actually happened? You never know. But I am proud and ashamed, nevertheless, as I make my way to the bathroom for a good old knee trembler. <laughs>